What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Game of Thrones season here on Cinematic Reviews. I'm your host, Chris, and this is the show about all things movie and TV. Every week, I get my thoughts and reactions to the newest releases, beloved franchises like Game of Thrones and upcoming projects. You can, of course, support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service, as well as following the show on all social media platforms. All the handles can be found on the Facebook page. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. It helps out a lot, and I really do appreciate all the love and support out there from everyone. You guys are awesome. Today, we return to Westeros for part two of season one. I'll be covering episodes six through ten of the hit series. But before I get into that, I'll talk about some more facts about season one of Game of Thrones. Lena Headey was pregnant during the first few episodes of the season. Through clever camera angles and the costume department, her pregnancy was never obvious. In the season one finale, Fire and Blood, there are heads placed on spikes by Joffrey. One of the heads was modeled after former President George W. Bush. Following backlash, though, the episode was digitally altered for subsequent releases of the finale. Nikolai Coster Waldeye, who plays Jamie Lannister in the show, shot three different versions of the finale scene of the pilot where Jamie pushes Bran off the tower. A prop wasn't used for the dead deer that the Starks stumble upon when they find the litter of dire wolf puppies. Executive producers revealed that a corpse was purchased and cut open by an animal handler. Since the dead deer's body had been sitting uh, for a couple of days prior to filming, it started to smell which caused the prop master and everyone else to lose their lunch. The original uh, pilot episode was very different, including recasts and the White Walkers being able to speak. Catelyn Stark and Daenerys Targaryen were were two of the three recasts during the filming. I believe the other recast character was one of the Night Watch brothers at the very, very opening scene. Drogo's finale, uh, Drogo's funeral pyre, was constructed so it could be lit on fire multiple times. The design was intended to be grand with two circles of fire eventually spreading to the center structure. It was a really, really cool shot uh, watching that again. And then lastly, the first season was nominated for 13 Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Drama Series. It won only two of them, however. Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, which was won by Peter Dinklage, who plays Tyrion Lannister in the show. And then it also won Outstanding Main Title Design. Peter Dinklage was also named Best Supporting Actor by the Golden Globes. So with that, let's get to Game of Thrones Season 1. Season 1 is a wild ride. We have the Starks of Winterfell versus the Lannisters of Castle Rock. The Crown versus the North, good versus evil. This first season kickstarts one of the greatest revenge stories in history. On top of that, the cast is incredible, the violence is brutal as hell, and the profanity is ruthless. Everyone is having sex with everyone, cunt and bastard are said like every other line, tits and dicks are free as a bird in this, things only get better from here. Season 1 is just a taste of what's to come. Sean Bean as Ned Stark, is this is his best role ever. I know he was in The Lord of the Rings, but Game of Thrones is his best performance in my opinion. The rest of the Stark clan is fantastic as well. We have Sophie Turner, Maisie Williams, Kit Harrington, Michelle Fairley, Richard Madden. I'm 100% Team Stark, even though Tyrion Lannister is one of my favorite characters of the show. Peter Dinklage is just terrific as Tyrion. 
the rest of the Lannister family are incredible as well, even though I hate them for what they do to the Starks throughout the series. We have Lena Headey, Nikolai Coster Woldeye, Charles Dance, Jack Gleason. They're all really good at playing awful characters. Then there's the side characters like Braun, the Hound, Lord Barris, Hodor, Lord Baelish, aka Littlefinger, Samwell Tarly, and Theon Greyjoy. There are so many characters in this first season. I mean, Emily Clark, Amelia Clark, excuse me, as Daenerys Targaryen was phenomenal. I love her not just in this first season, but in the rest of the series as well. She only gets better from here, like everything else does. I I love where she's at by the end of the season. She's powerful determined and ruthless and of course she has her dragons how awesome is that this is going to be an awesome time on the show i'm super excited for season two and on but today i want to talk about episode six through ten of season one so let's take a quick break before getting into the season breakdown the oscars are right around the corner so i'm going to be reacting to the nominees as well as giving my predictions for the winners of each category. Uh, so next week, check out the Oscar-filled new release reaction episode only on Cinematic Reviews. So we have episode six, which is titled A Golden Crown. I have five scenes that really stood out to me in this episode. The first is Daenerys putting the egg on the fire. This was awesome because we got a really good glimpse at how powerful she really is inside. You know, we get the shot of her placing the egg on there. We're kind of wondering what the deal is with these dragon eggs. Are they alive inside? Are they dormant or, or are they even are they dead? Or are they just stone? We don't know exactly. But what we do know is that there's something inside of her wanting to get out because we get the shot of her place grabbing the the egg off the fire but she isn't harmed at all we we also get the same shot uh with the the uh i guess you could call her the handmaiden uh the dothraki gal who is kind of her caregiver grab the egg and she's totally freaking out and, and in pain but daenerys however is not i, I love that shot where we get the two set of hands with Daenerys is just, it's completely fine. It's as if she never even touched the egg. But then we also get the other set of hands by the handmade uh, girl, gal, who is who is starting to get some burns on her fingers. So uh, this is such a great way to set up that there is something more to Daenerys than, than what, she, what she probably even understands at this moment in the story. So really, really awesome scene there. Then we get another one of her where she's eating the heart in that tent surrounded by the Dothraki. It's some kind of ritual uh, for her unborn child to become strong and to, as they say, the stallion to mount the world. This is a really graphic and gruesome uh, scene to watch her just eat this bloody horse heart. Um, but it's also very powerful as well because we show her how determined she is to be to become the best Khaleesi that she can and to do what she thinks is right by her, by Drogo and her unborn son. Just, just a very, very awesome, awesome scene there. Then we have Drogo uh, gives Viserys his crown. Uh, probably one of my favorite scenes uh, in the season one. Um, Viserys, Viserys just comes in hot and heavy. You know, he's he's pissed off that he doesn't have his the Iron Throne yet. He wants his crown. He wants the Dothraki to start abiding by their agreement and 
doing their part of the deal. Um, but Drogo, being the badass that he is, is just, hey, you're not in charge. I'm in charge. You either step aside or I'm going to take you out. And sure, shit, Viserys, like an idiot, pulls out his sword and just gets what he's deserved. We, we get the shot of Drogo grabbing the golden necklaces off of him, throwing it in the fire, melting it down. And and I'll talk about this in favorite quotes, but he one of my favorite lines is um, a crown fit for a king. And he pours the hot gold uh, over Viserys' head. And it's so gruesome, so satisfying to see this character finally die. Because he, he was one of the... As you, if you listen to last week's episode, he was in the least favorite character segment uh, a couple of times throughout those first episodes. So really satisfying for me personally to see him bite the dust finally. Uh, and then the next scene, we head over to King's Landing. Uh, this is where Ned Stark basically fires back at the Lannisters. You know, he's he's taking over the role of the king until Joffrey becomes the rightful age. Uh he starts decreeing that Jamie needs to come forward. He needs to answer for his crimes. Joffrey is not the true king. We need Stannis over here to take the throne because he is the rightful king because of this this uh, theory that Joffrey, uh, Marcella, and Tommen are bastards of Cersei and Jamie. So Ned is just letting loose here. He he's sick of the bullshit. He wants the he wants what's best for the realm, and he's willing to put his neck on the line. Such a terrific scene for the character and Sean being just nailing it uh, on all cylinders here. It's it's such a good moment for him. And then the last one I have is the trial by combat at Eerie. This is where Tyrion um, has declared that he wants a trial by combat. First, he says he wants Jamie to be his champion. But since Jamie is long, long a ways, uh, Braun volunteers. Uh, and then we have one of the eerie soldiers. I can't remember his name, but he's uh, Sir something. He is he volunteers for Lady Aaron as her champion, and so we get this brutal fight between Bronn and in the in the night. Uh, Bronn, being the badass that he is, eventually uh, wins and kicks the knight through the moon door, which is a very very uh, far drop uh, to go. Uh, I love I love the all the choreography in that scene. So really, really awesome episode uh, as far as scenes go. Next, we have some favorite quotes that stand up to me. I, I mentioned the crown fit for a king when uh, Drogo gives Viserys his golden crown finally. Uh, but before that, we get another quote by Drogo where he goes, you are no king. Uh, I love that because he is fighting for his son's uh, inheritance and just the and Jason Momoa is so good as uh, Drogo in this series. He's, he's so ruthless and brutal and strong and just totally nails his character. Uh, another quote is, uh, there is only one thing we say to death, not today. This is from Serial Pharrell to Arya during their dancing lessons. Uh, another one of these very, very quotable uh, lines uh, from the series that uh, Arya will uh, say throughout the series, which is awesome. Uh, I have one from Tyrion. Uh, this is uh, a Lannister always pays his debts. Um, basically, the house motto, uh, as we probably saw in the first episodes, where uh, 
Bran is getting uh, lessons from the Maester. Uh, this isn't their official model, but they've kind of like, what's the term? Like kind of retconned this into their family model. Uh, I don't remember for sure what their official one is, uh, but that's pretty much uh, what the words that they go by now. Uh, and then we have one from Daenerys after Viserys gets his crown, uh, which I really love this line. Uh, he is no dragon. Fire can't kill a dragon. Uh, this is kind of like insinuating that Daenerys is a true Targaryen. She is a dragon. Uh, her brother, however, was not. Um, so, and then the last quote I have is uh, Tyrion's confessions at the Yuri, which I just cracked up every line that he says in here. Um, this is where he's uh, facing the, this is before the combat, the trial by combat. He is, uh, Lady Aaron tells him to confess his crime. So he kind of goes from the beginning. You know, he talks about um, pulling the, the dress off of the, off of the, the servant girl when he was a kid, watching uh, her, as he says, her tits bounce. Uh, so good. Um, then he goes to, uh <laughs> jacking off into uh the goat's milk or or the food or whatever and uh people eating basically his 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 load um and it's it's just such a great great character moment for him because he's kind of just like having fun with it and he's kind of like this whole thing's bullshit so i'm gonna mess with the the people of the veil but such a such a good good moment for the character uh so that brings me to the favorite character of the season of this episode. I want it to be Tyrion, but I think it's going to be Ned Stark just because of that scene where we get in the throne room where he's basically making all these decrees and essentially firing back at the Lannisters and calling them on all their bullshit. Um, really, really well done by Sean Bean. Um, as, although I do love Tyrion, especially that scene that I just talked about where he confesses at the Yuri. I think it's got to be Ned Stark in this episode for my favorite. Least favorite character, it's probably going to be Sansa and Joffrey. Um, I know Sansa's kind of like head over heels right now, so I can't totally blame her. But, uh, I mean, she's kind of blinded by this, what she thinks is love and kind of shuns her family. So that's why she's in the least favorite character, because I don't, these first couple seasons, I don't really care for her. Uh, I start to fall in love with her character towards maybe season three and four after she kind of experiences and realizes that she's she hasn't totally been on her family's side during this revenge but uh it's definitely joffrey in this joffrey is just a little bastard who is just just a terrible human being so he is going to be the least favorite for this episode and most of them before he eventually bites the bullet uh in the coming season but uh so those are the least favorite characters for this episode. And then lastly, I only really had one negative. Um, why would Bronn fight for Tyrion? Um, I know he's probably in his mind is thinking, hey, I'm probably going to get paid. Um, I'm more sure going to win this fight. But me knowing the Bronn character, he's got to be smarter than that. You know, he, he seems like a guy that wouldn't risk his own life for a person that he just met, even just for money. Um, it could be a confidence thing. It could be arrogance, but I feel like Braun is smarter than this. Uh, so it always, I always wonder why when I see the screen, like why would he uh, fight for Tyrion? And, and I think his reasons are a little 
a little too thin, a little weak for my taste. So, and I'm sure uh, I'm over over analyzing this, but it's just something that I always bring up because I I feel like they should have given him a better reason to fight for Tyrion this way. Cause like he could have died. Like what if Braun died? Um, then he would have risked his life and that wasn't very smart. So I think Braun is smarter than that. So that's the only real negative that I, that I have, but otherwise terrific episode. Uh, let's go on to episode seven. So episode seven is titled you win or you die. Um, I got another five standout scenes here that I absolutely love in this episode. Uh, the first is Tywin uh, talking to Jamie about family and legacy. This is kind of where the episode opens up. I love this scene because we get to we get to finally meet the famous Tywin Lannister, the the head of the family. Um, but we also get this really cool shot of him cutting up the the deer in the tent while he's talking to Jamie about family, family and legacy and name and all that. Um, and I love that it's a deer because it's kind of symbolizing that the Lannisters are going to eventually kill um, kill the Baratheons, whose family sigil is a stag, a deer. Um, so him, so a Lannister lion cutting up a stag is really, really cool on how they, they symbolize that eventually the Lannisters will kill all the Baratheons in order to take the throne. So really, really cool, as well as getting this talk uh, from him about it doesn't matter um, about us. It matters what we leave in our legacy. It's about our name. It's about family. You know, it, it's it's about all this legacy. So it was really, really awesome shot of him cutting up that that deer and giving Jamie this kind of life lesson on on family legacy. Uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, the next scene I have is Littlefinger. Uh, he reveals his true desires in life. Uh, this was. Uh, at his brothel, he's kind of talking about how he was he saw he was first in love with Catelyn Stark when they were kids. They grew up together, um, but she was always seeing him as a brother. She was more attracted to the Starks when and we get this reveal that she was actually in love with Ned's older brother. He eventually died. So then she married Ned instead, leaving Lord Baelish to kind of be the younger brother who's actually in love with her. And he's and his sole desire is to basically fuck the world as he puts it um and i could probably touch on this now but one of the favorite quotes i have written down is uh, i'm not going to fight them i'm going to fuck them because that's what he's best at he's good at sex and fucking and all that because well he runs a brothel you know he he knows how to fuck people so really really great scene we get more of the the lord baelish character and uh just just really good at at everything, uh, especially this scene here. The next one I have is Robert names Ned protector of the realm upon his death. This was after Rob got, uh, Robert got punctured by a boar when he went out hunting. Uh, so he's sitting here bleeding out on his bed. This is a great scene because we get the, we get this conclusion to this relationship that we've kind of grown fond of throughout the season. Uh, Robert, only trust Ned. You know, that's the reason why he named him Hand of the King. And they said they do such a great job uh in this scene. You know, we Ned is and I don't know if you all caught this, but Ned so Robert tells him to um uh, when he's de- making his decree, he goes, uh 
Ned Stark will be protector of the realm until Joffrey comes of age. But if you notice, and this is really cool, this is how clever the Ned Stark character is. He doesn't write Joffrey in the decree. He writes the rightful heir. So, which in turn in his mind is Stannis Baratheon. So technically, if you bring this to court, he will have validity in it because he says rightful heir instead of specifically naming Joffrey. So I love that little little detail there from from the Ned characters. So well done by Sean Bean. Uh, next, we have Drogo pledges to take the Iron Throne for his unborn son. Um, I love this scene because Jason Momoa is just just bringing it. He's bringing the energy. He's bringing the the uh, the frustration and and the strength uh, to this uh, speech that he's giving to his Dothraki clan and to uh, his Khaleesi uh, Daenerys. Just a really, really awesome performance by uh, Jason Momoa in this scene. I, and I love it so much. And then the last one I have is Ned being betrayed by Littlefinger. Uh, this is where the episode actually ends. And I love how they end it. Because I remember uh, watching this for the first time. And I'm like, holy crap. I, I got I to gotta watch this next episode. I can't wait anymore. Like, I have to watch to see what happens to Ned. Uh, we get that cool shot of Ned coming into the throne room with his Stark men. They're surrounded by the Lannister guards and, and the Golden Cloaks. And he's got Lord Baelish next to him. And they're ready to take down Joffrey, take the throne back, and name Stannis Baratheon the king. Um, then we get the shot of um, the guards turning on the Starks and killing them all. And then we get Lord Baelish coming up behind Ned with the knife to his throat saying... I told you, I warned you not to trust me, which is in my favorite quotes as well. Just a really awesome cliffhanger. Um, and you know right now that, and you're thinking as an audience person, you're like, Ned is fucked. He is not getting out of this alive. Um, just, a, just a great way to end this episode. So favorite quotes, I said a couple of them already. Uh, I'm not going to fight them. I'm going to fuck them. That was from Littlefinger in the brothel. And then another one from Littlefinger is, uh, I did warn you not to trust me. Uh, this is when he talks to Ned with the knife to his throat. Um, I have one from Ned, your brother or your lover. Uh, I love this line because he's, at this point, he's just sick of Cersei's bullshit. Um, so he's he's just coming out with, he's just coming out throwing punches like he he knows that jamie is cersei's lover um so really really great line there then we get this famous one from cersei which the is the name of the the title of the episode when you play the game of thrones you live or you die uh that was another i very very iconic quote when the show was coming out and i have one last one from Littlefinger. uh who do you think they'll follow the man who pays them this is referring to the the gold cloaks. Um, I mean, he's not wrong. Um, the gold cloaks are basically hired swords. You know, they're going to follow the person that pays them the most. And who pays them the most? Littlefinger, because he is the master of coin. Uh, so, great, great uh, line there uh, for the character. So, favorite character uh, is actually Sam Tarly. Um, I really, really love the Sam character in this one. He's kind of become i haven't really talked about john uh yet but uh so john is at the at the at the night at the wall with the night's watch uh he's taking his vows during this part of the season 
Um, I love Sam uh, because he's becoming John's right-hand guy, his best friend, his go-to up at the wall. I love how their relationship is slowly forming. Um, he will play a huge role in the coming seasons as we uh, progress through this uh, Jon Snow's part of the story. But Sam is really good in here. Um, I love how he uh, basically convinces Jon that he's making the right decisions, that to keep your head up, all, everything that is happening is for a reason. You are... He Sam truly believes that John is destined for greatness, and he never, um, as never um, goes against that. He every season that we will will we'll see is Sam truly believes that John is meant for great things in this story, and he's not wrong. And and we'll see how he is is right every time. So love his character in this episode. Least favorite character, it's got to be Lord Baelish. AKA Littlefinger. He is such a piece of shit in this. Um, basically portraying the Starks. You know, he claims that he loves Catelyn Stark, but it's a healthy, it's in a healthy love. He's willing to sacrifice her husband in order to kind of like snake his way into there. Um, so just a real piece of shit in here. Not as bad as Joffrey or Viserys Targaryen, but he's definitely up there. Um, so definitely least favorite character in this. And then I have one negative. Uh, is Ned too honorable? Uh, this is a question that I've always asked myself throughout this season. Is Ned Stark too honorable for his own good? And I think so. And I think making him this honorable, and I get the why they did it. They wanted to create a character that is so honorable that he's going to basically be stupid. You know, he's... He could have easily said no to um, Robert when asked to be the hand of the king. He could have just left King's Landing when he could have. But he's so damn honorable that he is eventually going to be killed because of it. And I think having that a character like that is so honorable is kind of detrimental. You know, it's just it's just a question that I always ask myself and anyone else. When I discuss this episode, did they take it too far in making him this honorable? Because he's as, it's just really, I can't imagine a character like that ever existing. You know, he would have eventually realized that he's going nowhere, that he, he needs to just give this up and go back to the North and be, and be with his family. You know, I don't think this is a really realistic character to where they're going to be this honorable to the end, but it's, he's still a great character. It's just a question that I always bring up when I rewatch this first season. Uh, so with that, let's head over to episode eight. So episode eight is titled the pointy end, which is a callback to when John gave Arya his, her first lesson of sticking with the pointy end. Uh, I thought that was a really cool, uh, way to title an episode here. Um, standout scenes. I have Serial versus Lannister guards. Another one of my favorite uh, scenes in the entire show. We get Serial, who was so confident and badass that he decided to use a wooden sword against five or six guards with actual swords. Um, so it's pretty ballsy move there from him. But just love the choreography. Love the 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 grace of of the actor who plays Serial. The way he moves 
and just took out these guys like they were nothing. Um, the big question is, did Serial die in this? Um, I'm going to go with yes. We don't see it. Uh, the last time we see him is the broken wood sword going up against the, the head of the guards. I got to assume he was killed because he doesn't show up again in the series. I, I thought he would have when I first watched this. I thought maybe they would have brought him back a few seasons later. But I'm going to guess that he is dead, unfortunately. Um, terrific character. One of my favorite characters of the show. But he had to do it. Uh, he, there was just so many characters that... Uh, it's just so many characters to juggle. You know, eventually the a lot of these are going to die. Um, but terrific. It would have been nice to see him live on versus some other characters but it's part of the story we needed needed him to sacrifice himself in order to to save Arya and get her on her story so great great scene there the next one i have is john versus the white walker uh this is where uh we get the first glimpse of um kind of the white walkers in action you know sans uh, john stabs him he punches him he but nothing seems to work eventually he lights him on fire which is one of two ways to do it. You either light them on fire or you stab them with dragon glass. We'll eventually get to dragon glass and all that stuff. But for now, what we know is that you can burn them. Um, great, uh, great scene here. I love the makeup of the white walkers. Uh, love the choreography again. John is such a badass. It's really showing how well of a fighter he is. Uh, he's willing to survive. He's willing to do whatever it takes to, uh, to win every battle that he's in. Um, so then we have Drogu versus Mag Mago, I think is how you say it. Uh, he is one of the uh, Thraki and Drogo's clan. Uh, this is they fight after the raid. Um, great choreography. Jace Momoa is so good in this again. He just just cuts down Mago like he is nothing. We get that shot of him cutting the throat and ripping the tongue out, which is so gruesome. We can, if you actually pay attention, you can see the tongue get pulled from his mouth out. Like it, the way they shot that was incredible. And all the makeup and all the technical work they did to, to bring that scene to life was, it was so good. It, it actually felt like Jason Momoa ripped the guy's tongue out of his throat. It, it was so good. One of my favorite shots ever. Um, then we get the firing of Sir Barristan. Uh, I love this scene because, you know, Barristan's been uh, part of the gold cloaks for, for decades. And, He's, you know, he's a little older now, um, probably a little too old. And Joffrey brings us up, you know, he's maybe it's time to retire your old man. But Barrison has never experienced any other life. You know, he's he is a gold cloak that that's who he is. So him getting fired on the spot was uh, really degrading to him. And I love his little speech that he says um, about how he may be old, but he could basically kill anyone in that room. Uh, again, I'm going to touch kind of dip my toe into favorite quotes here but i love the line where he goes i could still cut you cut down the five of you like carving a cake um so good i, I love the actor that plays barrison we'll we'll see him show up uh later on but such a great scene for him and then the last one i have written down is lord umber uh gets gets his finger bitten off by uh uh rob's uh direwolf i can't remember his name uh name of his direwolf but Really great, gruesome scene. Um, and then we get we get the biting of the fingers off, and you're kind of like, oh shit, the Umbers aren't going to be a part of this army anymore. 
but eventually they laugh over it. You know, he's bleeding all over the place. He's got, he's missing two fingers. He's having, but he's still having a fun time and he's still going to Robert follow Rob into war, which such a, such a great scene uh, for that. So jumping over the favorite quotes, uh, I mentioned the Sir Barrison one about carving them like a piece of cake. Um, I have one from Barris. Uh, when you look at me, do you see a hero? I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, the guy is like a lot of people in this world is his purpose is to survive. Um, he's not going to put himself in harm, even if it is to save a person that he considers a friend like Ned. Um, great line there that basically sums up the character. Uh, this one from Tyrion. Uh, in my own bed at the age of 80 with a belly full of wine and a pretty girl on my cock. Uh, this is where he meets the, uh, I think they're the Stokrone people of the Vale. Uh, and they kind of ambush him and Braun when they're w- making their journey back to King's Landing. Um, he's like, he asked Tyrion, how do you want to die? And this is Tyrion's response. It, it's so good. I, I love the Tyrion character. Uh, then we have... This is the fight between Mago and Drogo. Uh, Mago and Dothraki says, first you have to kill me. And Drogo just says, I already have. And that's where he slits his throat and pulls out his tongue. He's like, such a great line. Drogo is just so confident. He's like, you know, Mago's like, hey, you got to kill me, you know. And Drogo's just like, fuck you, dude. I already killed you. You're dead. As soon as you went up against me, you're dead. You know, you weren't coming out of this alive. So great, great line there. Uh, and then the last one I have is from Lord Umber. We'll shove our swords up Lannister's bunghole. Uh, just, just a great line. Uh, I mean, you don't, you don't get to hear bunghole very often, so it's really, really, really good there. So favorite character, I'm gonna go with Rob Stark on this. Rob is turning into uh, an awesome, awesome character. You know, he's kind of the head of the family now since Ned is uh, imprisoned in King's Landing. Um, He's ready to go to war with the crown in order to save his father and to avenge Bran for being crippled. Um, just love the character. He's he's young, but he's strong, confident, and smart. So he's a very, 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 very well-educated uh, uh, master of, of battle. So really, really awesome. And then my least favorite character is probably going to be Lady Aaron. This is Catelyn's sister in the Eerie. She, I do not like her, um, nor do I like her son, Robin. Uh, but this this episode in particular is her sister, her own sister comes to her and asks her to save her husband. You know, her her husband by law, as she puts it. And she uh, flat out says no. She says, fuck that. I am going to keep the keep calm in my own place. I'm going to stay in my little castle with my son in the Vale which I totally understand it. You know, she has a son. She lost her husband already. So she doesn't want to see Robin die. But on the other side, like this is her family. This is her sister. This is her sister's husband. This is her sister's family. Like if my sister or my brother came up to me and said, hey, my my husband, my wife is imprisoned. I need your help. Without question, I'm going to fucking war. You know, I'm, I'm Rob Stark in this instance. I'm gathering an army. I'm going to march down to the crown. I'm going to slit the fucker's throat. You know, Lady Aaron is a terrible human being for this. You know, she has the strength. You know, her sister's not asking her to go pick up a sword and fight Joffrey herself. She's asking for her army. She's asking for her help, you know. So just just a terrible, terrible character. So 
got to be in the least favorite category here for this episode. And then a negative I have is back to the serial fight. Wouldn't a master swordsman know to grab a sword? Like, you think he would have been smart enough to pick up one of the... So he took down, like, five Lannister guards with wood sword. You think he'd be smart enough to grab one of the swords off the ground in order to fight the commander of that group and win, you know? Not sure what the thinking process there with fighting with... Still fighting with the wooden sword. And then we get the last shot of him holding the half-broken... Uh, wooden sword when he could have just picked up one. Maybe he did pick up one. Maybe he did survive. We don't know. It's all off camera, but I you gotta think that a master swordman like Serial Pharrell would have known to pick up a sword off the ground and, and win this fight, you know. Just kind of sloppy there, but overall, still an awesome episode. So, let's keep moving on to episode 9. Episode 9 is titled Baylor. Um, this is referring to the executioner, I believe, uh, of, for Joffrey. I think he is named Baylor. Um, standout scenes, I have another five of them. Really, really tough, but I ended up getting them down to five. I, I think I have this entire episode was really, really good. Uh, so the first one I have is John gets Longclaw. Uh, this is from uh, Lord Commander uh, Mormont. Uh, this is his family sword, but it had a bear on top. He had it changed to a wolf. Because we get the backstory of Jorah Mormont, who is with Daenerys right now. He basically just uh, tainted the family name, got disowned. Uh, it was supposed to go to him, but Mormont decided to give it to John instead and had it custom made into a wolf since he considers him a Stark. Awesome moment for the character. Love the sword. The sword will become very, very iconic. Um, I love the design of it. I love the white wolf on there. It's This is the first step of John becoming one of the more important characters of the story. So great, great moment here. Uh, next we get Tyrion meets Shay. Uh, love this moment. Uh, this relationship we'll, we'll see a lot more in season two, but I love the Shay character. She's mysterious. She's smart. She's lovable. Um, and her relationship with Tyrion is actually really, really sweet. Um, Eventually, we get the backstory of Tyrion's first marriage to the prostitute and how that was set up. So you're kind of, you're kind of like, you kind of love the relationship, but you're also in the back of your head going, "This could be a trick," you know. This, she is clearly a prostitute, um, but maybe she actually does love Tyrion. Maybe she doesn't love him. We don't know. But for right now, in the moment, really, really awesome character and their relationship is really, really cool. Next, I have the Witch's Spell and Drogo. A uh, very, very disturbing scene. Um, this witch is right off the bat. You know that there's something off with her. But Daenerys, being desperate to save Drogo, kind of becomes friendly with her. Um, but eventually, uh, we'll find out that that was proven wrong. That she should have never trusted this witch like everybody told her to. But... She was blinded by love and wanted to protect Drogo, so she was willing to do anything. But this scene in particular is very, very frightening. You know, we get we get the the horse coming in for a sacrifice. You know, she slits the horse's throat. The blood gets spilled all over Drogo's body. Very, very graphic and disturbing scene. But it's it's part of what this show is. You know, it's not holding back. Um, it's just ruthless, graphic, and it's you know it's. Just a very, very well-made scene. Um, 
you get the you get the shot of Daenerys outside the tent with Jormont, and you hear all the weird horse noises and the witch casting spells on them, and you know something really really wicked's going on in that tent. So really really well made scene. I love it. Always sticks out in my head. Then we get one of my favorite scenes of the season: Tyrion, Shay, and Bronn doing the the drinking game in the tent. Uh, this is where Tyrion is playing the game where he says a a fact about your life. Uh, if you drink, he's right. If he drinks, he's wrong. Uh, he's pretty spot on with the wrong character, but Shay is a little different. He gets nothing right about her. This is really um, throwing out the mysterious part of the character. So you're not really quite sure what her story is, what her role is in this in this but really awesome scene it's nice to get a scene like this where we can bond with the characters and and kind of see how their relationship grows and kind of get away from you know the graphic violence and the and the war part of it this is just a fun scene that you get to become closer to the characters with and i think they all did such a great job in this especially uh peter dinklage it was so good and then the last thing I have is Ned's execution. This is one of the, the scenes that really pisses me off. Not because it's bad, but because I love the Ned Stark character so much. So seeing him get executed this way pisses me off. It makes me want Joffrey to die in this moment. Like I want to plunge that sword into the little fucker's heart because Ned is so beloved. So seeing him get beheaded is just, just hurts. Um, great great scene here i just i love everything about it we get we get the crowd we get the soldiers we get a little aria hanging on the statue we have ned coming out in chains who's basically confessing that he is a traitor even though he's not um basically asking for forgiveness you have sansa who is still with joffrey but wants to protect her father she's kind of in an awkward spot um this is sort of where i start to see her not as a bad character i actually start to like her uh towards this uh episode but this just solidifies the fact that joffrey is a little bastard like joffrey needs to fucking die he kills ned in order to gain the the crowd's love he doesn't do it because it's for justice he doesn't do it because it's right he does it for the fame and glory that's the only reason he kills ned um I mean, even Cersei begs Joffrey not to do this because she knows in her mind that you do this, we're going to go to war with the Starks and it's going to cost everybody. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost lives. So Cer seeing even Cersei beg Joffrey not to kill Ned is a really, really nice detail that I always miss because uh, she's smart. Uh, Joffrey is a child who has a crown and thinks he's invincible but he's a child he's stupid he's an idiot you know he is just vile and this scene really cements that uh for the character so really really great scene even though it's unfortunate that we saw ned bite the bullet here favorite quotes um one of my favorites from braun here um but my mother hit harder this is where uh in the drinking game uh one of the one of the guesses that Tyrion makes is uh, your father beat you as a child. 
and Braun responds, but my mother hit harder and he drinks. Uh, such a such a good line there. Another one from Braun is, I think I'll go find myself. Uh, this is where he, the scene where he presents uh, Shade to Tyrion as kind of her his companion before war. Um, then Tyrion reveals to Braun that they're going to be in the vanguard. Uh, so he's like, oh, fuck. Uh, I think I'll go find myself in case I die tomorrow. So that's a great character moment there. Uh, we have one from Jorah Mormont. Uh, this is him talking to uh, Daenerys. Your son will be plucked from your breast and thrown to the dogs. Uh, this line always sticks out to me because of the imagery that it puts in your head. You know, seeing that her son is doomed from birth. You know, he's going to be having, he's going to have competition uh, his entire life for the, the role of cow. So just the visualization of him being plucked from Daenerys' arms and thrown to the dogs is just just a graphic image to to picture. Um, then we get one from the witch. The dead will dance here tonight. A very, very menacing line. Um, and she's not wrong. I mean, the dead do dance, uh, as we can see. Uh, see from that scene and hear the weird horse noises as it's getting sacrificed. You know, some some dark juju magumbo is going on in that tent. So really great, great line there. Uh, and then the last one I have is Joffrey, where he says, bring me his head. Um, very, very iconic line. Uh, not just in this show, but like in medieval times, as as always. I mean, we always get that line of "Bring me their head," you know. It's so, of course, they're gonna throw it in this um, story. But uh, great performance there by the uh, by Jack Gleason, who plays Joffrey. Uh, so, to least favorite character, it is Joffrey and the citizens of King's Landing. Uh, they're all pieces of shit, you know. They they believe in this treason story. Um, they're just terrible people. Uh, you know, the, the citizens of King's Landing are just blind followers who will do anything that their king says, you know. Um, but terrible, terrible human beings. I mean, they killed my boy Ned, so they're automatically in the least favorite character for this episode. Uh, favorite character, though, it's got to be Tyrion. Tyrion is so good in this. Um, all because of that, the the scene with the drinking game and his relationship with Bronn and Shay. It's so good. Peter Jenkins just on his game every episode. Uh, love him. Didn't have any negatives for this episode. Um, awesome, awesome episode. I love it. So with that, let's get to the season one finale. So episode 10 uh, is titled Fire and Blood. Um, awesome, awesome way to end this season. Um, standout scenes, we have the starts. Finding out about Ned's death. Um, my heart breaks for the Starks every time I see this scene. Um, we have Arya, who is uh, witnessing her father get beheaded. Um, she's lost by herself, uh, so she gets picked up by uh, the the guy from the Night's Watch that kind of recruits people uh, from the king. Um, then we get Sansa, who is... Uh, passed out on the ground because she fainted when her head got her dad got beheaded uh then we jump over to catelyn and rob uh catelyn is just distraught when she reads the the letter about ned being killed and then we get that awesome shot of rob hacking the shit out of that tree uh with his sword uh, and you just feel his pain 
when he finds out his father was dead and that he couldn't save him. You know, he wasn't strong enough. He wasn't fast enough to save his father. So he's just, you can feel the frustration and pain uh, with every hit of that tree that Rob does. It, it's so, Richard Madden is so good in this scene. I love it. Then the next one I have is Joffrey torturing the musician and Sansa. Um, just again, cementing the fact that Joffrey's a little bastard. You know, first he he has he humiliates that musician uh, in the throne room, and then has his tongue brutally cut off. I mean, we I love how the camera kind of blurs it out because you're focusing on Joffrey, but you can hear him screaming in the background and when you hear the 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 sound of the sword cutting his tongue and it just in pain it's so brutal and then we get that scene of joffrey showing sansa um her her scepter and her dad's head on the spike and she's just destroyed she's trying to stay strong and but she you can tell it inside she's just defeated and sophie turner is so good in this scene and i love it this is where i start to really fall in love with the Sansa character and start to feel for her because she is lost. She's by herself in King's Landing, surrounded by these Lannister lions and just bravo to Surfy Turner for being just terrific in this. You know, we get we get her firing back a little bit at Joffrey, but the Hound kind of warns her like, hey, just play your role. Take the hits. You'll survive this. Um, uh, which is great because we get the hound is he's loyal to the Lannisters because he has to, but he also has a, has a caring feelings for Sansa. So that was a really, uh, when I first saw this, I was really kind of thrown away uh, by the, this side of the hounds character. So great, great scene. Sophie Turner, just nailing it. Then we get Daenerys uh, killing Drogo. This is where after, the whole witch rule happens. We find out that Drogo is alive, but not really. He's in this comatose state where he can't move. He can't speak. He can't even move his eyeballs. You know, he's breathing and that's about it. Um, so Daenerys realizing that this isn't the best way for her husband to live. This isn't the life that she wants. So she has to bring him peace and kills him with the pillow. Um, Love the shot of of her crying and holding the pillow down, and Jason Momoa is so good. He's you get the shot of him, you know, shaking a little bit as if he's trying to gasp for breath. But really, really awesome, awesome scene there. Then we get Tyrion talking to Shay about leaving for King's Landing. Um, again, I love I love this relationship. Uh, I love these two characters. Uh, so of course it's gonna be standout scene because you get to see that that Shay actually probably does care for Tyrion. Um she's not like doesn't seem like she's being paid to do this. She truly, truly, truly loves Tyrion. So I I love this scene between them. Then the last one I have is Daenerys uh burning the witch and uh giving birth to her dragons. Um I I mentioned this in the fact segment, but this is where the the pyre uh, is in those circles and we get the, the slow shot of the fire going around and then it goes to the next circle and then the next circle. And then eventually uh, 
it hits uh, Drogo's body and the witch's body, and we hear her screaming her ass off while she's being burned alive like a little bitch, and Daenerys walking into the fire with the eggs. Um, and then once the ashes settle, we get the the last shot of the sh- of the season where dragons are born, and she's ready to uh, go on with her story with her babies. So awesome, awesome way to end the end the season there. So favorite quotes, uh, Rob Stark, uh, when he finds out the Ned said, he goes, I'll kill them all. And you're like, yes, Richard Madden. Like, fuck yes. Let's go to war. Let's kill these Lannister bastards. Let's do this. You know, really, really hype moment for not just the character, but the audience as well. Like, I get so pumped uh, when he's like, fuck it. We're going to kill them all. We're going to do this for dad. You know, it's so good. Richard Madden, freaking nailing the Rob character. Then we go in from Sansa. Maybe he'll give me yours. Um, this is back at the, the part where she sees her dad's head on the spike. Uh, Joffrey threatens to put her brother Rob's head next to Ned. And she's like, fuck you. Maybe he'll put your head up there instead, you know? So great, great character moment there for Sansa. Then we get Lord Umber, uh, the King of the North. This is where they declare Rob the King. Love this, love this scene. Uh, you're like, fuck yeah. Like Rob is King. He is a King, you know? We love Rob. We love the Starks. Like, yes, the North is going to conquer everything. So love it. Love it. Then we get the last one, uh, Shay. This is where she goes, I'm Shay, the funny whore. Uh, I just love this because, uh, you know, I get a little little sarcasm, a little fun, little humor to the Shay character. So really, really awesome. Uh, favorite character? It's got to be the Starks. You know, this, particularly Rob. Rob is so good in this. And Sansa is just sick of Joffrey's shit, you know? She's firing back at him. Rob's ready to go to war. He's ready to cut all their heads off for Ned. And just, I love the Starks. So good. Least favorite character? It's gotta be Joffrey. Joffrey's a little fucking cunt in this one. You know, he's showing off his collection of heads to Sansa. He's threatening to put her brothers up there. He's, he's cutting off musicians' tongues for no reason. He's having um, the gold cloak smack Sansa around because he's not man enough to do it himself. Uh, just fucking... And, and it's no disrespect to Jack Leeson. I know he got a lot of hate for this character, but, I mean, he's playing a role. It's it's a fake character in a show, but he is so hateable. He's just... He plays it so good. It's like... And, and I believe he modeled Joffrey off a of Commodus from the Gladiator movie uh, that Russell Crowe was in, uh, which is a great, great character to model off of. Commodus in that one's a real bastard as well. Uh, so you can see a lot of Commodus in Joffrey, which makes a lot of sense since Gleason um, modeled it. Uh, but Jack Gleason is such a good actor. Um, I can't praise him enough. You know, I hate the Joffrey character, but it's because... Gleason plays it so well, and I wish she would have been, wish she would have been in more stuff. Um, the only other thing I've seen him in is uh, he was a little kid in Batman Begins, uh, Nolan's Batman's. If you've seen those, uh, he's a little kid in one of the alleyways where uh, he's looking up at Christian Bale's Batman when it's raining, and he Batman gives him that little device because he's a fan, and then we see him show up at the very end with. Um, uh, Katie Holmes's character, Rachel. Uh, so he, he's a terrific actor. 
Uh, I wish he would have been in more stuff. Um, I understand people just need to chill out when it comes to shows, you know, I'm sure Gleason is a terrific human being in real life. Uh, he's just such a good actor that he brings this hateful, hateful character to life. So I, I can't praise him enough. Uh, I, if he is listening to this, um, you have a fan of me, you know, I, I hate the Joffe character, but I think Jack Gleason just, he should have won awards for this film, this, this role in this show. He, he just really good. I, I wish he would have, he could have won a freaking Oscar for acting. Um, eventually if you if his career would have went differently but i believe he basically got backlashed out of hollywood which is unfortunate because like a, he he's a freaking phenomenal actor he does this role so good so if you are listening to this show jack leeson i'm a huge fan of yours and it's really really unfortunate that you you had to deal with all the backlash but bravo on just fucking nailing this hateful character um so that's season one of Game of Thrones. Um, I, I loved returning to this. I'm looking forward to the rest of the seasons, but uh, great way to kick off this season. So, so good. I had had a blast with season one, and I'm really, really looking forward to season two next week. Well, that'll do it for this week's Game of Thrones episode. Tune in next week for part one of season two. Uh, I'll be covering episodes one through five of season two. So be on the lookout for that. Also check out my Oscar predictions on new release reactions next week as well. Um, they're right around the corner. So I'm really, really excited to kind of give my reaction to the nominees and who I think is going to win each category. So check out new release reactions next week uh, for my Oscar predictions. Later, everyone. <laughs>